What it do, DMV, episode 16 of Chirpin DMV, and it's just me, me and AB on the mics today. Uh, we got an interview coming up later on with uh, Nick Albicoco. He's actually the head coach of the Washington Blind Hockey Club and newly appointed assistant coach with Team USA Blind Hockey, so we're going to get into all that uh, later on. But for now, like I said, AB, just me and you, what's happening? Nothing, man. Uh, pretty big weekend. I became an uncle. My sister yeah. had a little baby girl. Noel Marietta Barnes, and uh, it's pretty exciting, pretty, pretty exciting stuff in our family. Yeah, good stuff, A.B.'s an uncle, and yeah, th- didn't she do the thing where she didn't tell anybody what it was until, you know, it came out? Yeah, uh, so it was a surprise the entire way. So everybody's kind of sitting like, looking, looking like, what the f- what the fuck is this thing going to be? Uh, so I she forgot she did that. Yeah. Kyle didn't know what it was. It was funny, I guess Kyle was like, so he was there like, like as the baby was coming out, and he was like, it's a, it's a, uh, I can't tell. And then like sat there for like 10 seconds. He's like, I can't tell what it is. I, I don't know what the <laughs> picture looks like. And then they're like, <laughs> uh, That's funny. So yeah, everybody, like we mentioned last week on the episode, our producer never shows up. Um, so then again, he's not here. And then KP's down in Myrtle Beach. So like I said, yeah, it's just us two. So got anything going on this week? Anything uh, wild? And we'll try to get through some, some hockey talk here. And if not, we'll just kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um. Well, Sunday, this uh, this past Sunday, I actually played in a roller tournament. Like, it was pretty last minute. Um, there's eight teams up in Pennsylvania. And uh, we came in fourth out of the eight teams. Not too bad for a bunch of guys that don't really play with each other. Um, played with uh, a couple of kids that play for the roller team at RIT. And uh, they were a pretty, pretty solid squad. And then a couple of uh, the guys that we play with at Laurel. Um, pretty decent showing for, like I said, uh, not not playing with each other ever before but um yeah uh and then this upcoming weekend we're gonna have ourselves a little bay house action huh oh i think we're gonna get into some some fun stuff kind of the summer's winding down and which means we're gonna have to get to work on this pod a bit with the season starting up and everything so yeah one last weekend over over on the bay house won't kill us but speaking of roller hockey tournaments uh if you guys do follow us on uh, Instagram and all that good stuff. Actually, we registered, or some of us registered for that Charm City Hockey 3v3 end of summer shootout. Uh, and yes, the boys over at Black Biscuit Hockey created us some Chirpin DMV uniforms, and they are a bit lit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that white Chirpin D. Oh, just two old school cap jerseys. The the blue, the dark blue one with the Eagle logo with Chirpin DMV in it, and the white one uh, with our regular Chirpin DMV logo. So those are are sick. Uh, those are gonna look good in that tournament. So yeah, let's get to some some hockey talk. Uh, what do we got? We got two new uniforms come out: the Sabers and the Hurricanes, both uh, road white uniforms. Uh, thoughts on those? We'll start with the Hurricanes one. Uh, Hurricanes one is you know kind of just a classic look. Uh, I like it. Um, it had to grow you know, on me. At it, first it, glance, it was kind of weird, but then I started to look at it more and more, and I was like, all right, it's actually kind of tight. It's, yeah, it's just simple and bold. I mean, uh, I, there's nothing there's nothing special to it at all, but, I mean, I, like, like it gets the job done, you know what I mean? Yeah, every time Carolina comes out with a new uniform, I tend to like it because I just think of how would these look with some H-Town colors on it, and if we would have right. rocked them, uh, they would have been sick with some powder blue and that gray, and then the Buffalo yeah. Sabres too, huh? Yeah, the Sabres. Those ones sick, are I fucking think. sweet with the gold yeah. stripes everywhere, and they're even rocking the white and gold gloves with them. Oh, yeah. Everyone's all about that shit. And uh, back to the Canes ones, though. If, I can't tell based on this picture, 
but it almost looks like it's like a glossy look to it. If it is, if it's like got a little sparkle to it on the ice, it might look sick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if they put a little sparkle on that silver. um, Yes. They don't have too much on it. Like the Kings do, kind of. Yeah, and I don't know. I just, it could look sick. Like, kind of like, like, there's like almost the way, like, the college football helmets do. Like, some of those teams, like, those Kentucky. Shine, yeah. Yeah, those Kentucky Wildcat helmets, those fucking shine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of but, those. Uh, uh, yeah, those are the only two that's come Sabres, out. Hopefully, more teams come out with some. Yeah, the Sabres is definitely way better. I thought. Yeah, I don't know if this is a thing that the NHL is doing this year, where kind of everybody's getting a. Um, well, it looks like the Sabres one was a golden anniversary one to celebrate a half century, and the Carolina one was just kind of yeah, a new road jersey, <laughs> a new yeah, road jersey, like which is kind of tight. So yeah. not that big a deal. The, Dude, the Sabres ones with the white gloves, I'm loving the white gloves. Dude, white gloves make everything better with that white and gold, too. It's just such a clean look. Oh, yeah. I didn't, like, Grinelli and YP from Barstool were, like, kind of chirping white gloves, saying, like, if you, the only way you're allowed to wear white gloves is if you're, like, fucking sick. But I don't know. I mean, when they're with that I, clean of a jersey, then yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta rock white gloves. I mean, it's kind of like the the Maple Leafs jerseys uh, against uh, the Caps in the Stadium Series. Remember yeah, 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 yeah. With the they they had didn't they have white pants too though? White shells. White. Yeah, they went white everything. Yeah, white they, pants, they coke white whites. Gloves. Oh yeah. That's and then I think tight. somebody wasn't their goalie. Didn't their goalie come? Whoever their goalie was that game game complain about that afterwards, saying it was hard to like yeah. track the players and all that type of shit, just being all yeah, white on the white ice. Something. Yeah, so I guess speaking of Caps guys, if you keep up with them on social media, a lot of them are looking like they're coming back into town. I think Kempney was on his way back. Um, Baxter was on his way back. Oshie obviously has been here, but he hosted a hockey camp uh, a couple days ago where he had all the kids, I think 15 to 19 in the area, could go for free and just go to Kettler and skate with TJ Oshie and get a nice little summer camp in before the Caps and the high school kids get back to work. Yeah, that's that's pretty tight, and that's – you know, that's typical TJ Oshie, just giving back to the community as much as you can. Just being a man. Yeah, I saw something, too. I think it was last week at Kettler. They had, like, a 6 a.m., um, I want to say, like, scrimmage or a pickup game where it was, like, Carlson, Orlov, a couple of the caps, Oshie, and then, like, some random just, like, you know, beer league, so guys, beer league guys from the area that just went in. They just played a little scrimmage game. That's That would be so sick to do. Just, you know, just kind of fuck around on the ice with them, too. Like, I mean, they're just, like, such, like, chill, like, guys like around everyone around them you know what i mean like come like fans and stuff like that they're just they're just so down to earth uh-huh. and, like, they just until wanna... you skate by you're like i'm having a great time and you fucking toe picking though she's knee and buckle it yeah and then he's like oh shit just ruined his Rips. career whoops yeah i'm sorry uh so yeah what uh, hockey 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 let's see this will speaking of hockey this will be our last episode until september so we're going to take next week off to prepare and then all of september the four weeks in september we're going to give you preseason episodes so we're going to give you a junior preseason episode where we're going to get a couple of local junior coaches on talk about their upcoming season uh college high school and then hopefully get some pro stuff in there um, and we'll do that for all September get everybody ready for the preseason so that when the season starts in October, we'll just hit the ground running. And also with that, AB2, we're going to do a little division breakdowns in each episode. Oh, yeah. Yep, we'll just uh, pretty much rank each team that we th- – or rank each division, see how each division will end up at the end of the season. And then at the very end, after we go through each division, uh, we'll do a little 
uh, trophy voting or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm yeah. Out. We'll pick. Uh, we'll pick who we're gonna thank. You know, make playoffs and do that type of thing. And we'll do that. Like I said, that'll be first week of October, and that'll lead us right into you know Caps game one um, at yeah. St. Louis. So that'll be sick. Um, hockey yeah. news. What else you got? I know you got some about Mitch Marner. Still, still a little something yeah. going on with him. Yeah. So RFA's RFA talks because there's a million of them still. Uh, no one has signed, I don't think, since the uh, last time we talked about it. But hmm. there were some rumors about Mitch Marner being signed by, or the Canucks offering Mitch Marner like thirteen million a year, which would be insane and fuck over the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and he would one hundred percent sign that, and probably see yeah, because Maple Leafs aren't going to turn around and be like, all right, shit, here's thirteen million, then they're dumping yeah. probably five guys off the roster. Right. Yeah. If they do match it, which I mean. I don't know how much like their fans like affect some of their decision making in that, but like it's I I know that they're definitely going to struggle over this this decision because Mitch Marner is a lot of people that think that Mitch Marner is their best player. So if um if they don't sign him, hell's all hell's going to break loose. I think. Well, I think it's going to break loose regardless. You have half the people being like, "Why the hell are we spending that much money on him?" And right. If you don't sign him, be like, "Why the hell didn't we spend that money on him?" Right. I don't know I don't know all their contracts but I, I mean Tavares and Matthews are both long term well Matthews is only what four or five years, which is very smart on his part, I think. Correct, yeah. Um Tavares I think is long term. He's like eight years, isn't he? Um something like that, yeah, I wanna say. Uh I'm not sure about Morgan Riley or Tyson Berry. Uh but if they end up signing Marner, like I just don't see how they are gonna be able to afford him them to. Um I mean, they signed Nylander long-term. Uh, who else they got? They got uh, Kasperi Kapanen. They got a sign, I think, at some point. Mm-hmm. Frederick Anderson. Handful like, of guys. I don't know when, like, yeah, I mean, their their team is just so stacked that the salary cap's restricting them from being this stacked at, at this point. And I'm, someone's got to go. And I feel like it's got to be Marner. Yeah, if he's going to continue to ask for that much more money and then uh, it's going to get to a point where teams are going to offer sheet him to get him out of there. But, yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Vancouver because Vancouver's been t- in talks or Vancouver's been a team that's been brought up in the, the small talk of where Braden Holpe could, you know, possibly end up next and sign with and what type of thing. So they could, they could flip the franchise in a two-year window, you know? Yeah, especially with uh, Pet- Peterson, Pedersen. Yeah, they could. Yeah, that that, that 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 franchise could turn around, and then you know the you've already got the building block of Jay Beagle there. So, yeah, true. What better way to build? Brock Besser with the lethal hair that he had a couple years ago. He's mm-hmm. a fucking stud. Uh, their only issue is they don't. I don't think they have much defense. Uh, I don't know who they have back there. I mean, is Edler their best defender? If if so, it's not great. <sighs> yeah, I want to say. Um, yeah, something like I mean, that. Actually, not- speaking of defense. Um, did you see that NHL Network came out with a top 20 uh, defenseman list in the league? I did. So uh, let's, 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 run, let's run through that real quick, see how we feel. See how we feel. Let me pull it up real quick. All right, so, yeah, the NHL Network came out with their top 20 defenseman list. So let's just run through this, see how we feel. You want to do go through all 20 or just start uh, 10 down? Uh, let's just do 10 down, I guess. All right, so 10, Chris Letang, 9, Drew Doughty, 8, Roman Yossi, 7, Morgan Riley, 6, Johnny Carlson, 5, Seth Jones, 4, Eric Carlson, 3, Mark Giordano, 2, Victor Hedman, 1, Brent Burns. I don't have too much quarrel about that, to be honest. Um, yeah, if it's, 
it's weird. If it's like just based off last season, then yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. If it's like all of them throughout their entire careers. Yeah, I think uh, they're just going based off of last season coming into this season. Okay. Did Chris Letang have that good of a season last year? Because I thought he had been struggling. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I would have. Because right behind him's like Petrangelo and then Yeah, Klingberg I would put and, Petrangelo in, in there over him. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, so, There's yeah, not, not too much game. quarrel over that. I mean, would like to see John Carlson higher, but, I mean, it's tough to argue him over Eric Carlson and Giordano and Hedman and Brent Burns and how good Seth Jones has become. Uh, yeah, Seth Jones is a stud. In the past couple of years. So they also have, um, let's see, I don't know if they came out with the top 20 goaltender list yet or not. Doesn't look like it. Nope, so, yeah, I doubt we'll see. It, yeah. yeah, they just, they just have um, a couple of names on the list. They have Vasilevsky, Bishop, Holpe, Price, Hart. Uh, hello, Buck. They have Carter Hart on there. That's interesting, huh? So yeah, yeah. I think that kid's gonna be stud. I think he's gonna turn around the flyers for them. Yeah. So speaking of goalies too, it looks like Sansonov has been in uh, DC uh, for the past like month or so, just getting a lot of work in at the facility. So that's always good to hear. Getting ready. Yeah, yeah getting ready. I guess. Um, we need that. See what happens after next. Uh, see what happens after this season. So. Um, so let's at this bottom ten list. I'm seeing one big name not on there, and it's rattling me. Um, who's that? Shea Weber. Uh, yeah. I like. I mean, Montreal was in the mix last year. He's not really playing with anyone. He had to have been the one to carry them, besides Carey Price, obviously. But like, who else is on that team? I don't. They yeah. They don't have great. Um, I don't think their blue line is overly stacked and. I don't think he's just kind of running the ship there, I would say. I mean, last year, uh, I mean, last year, 14 goals, 19 assists for 33 points. He was plus 15. Um, that's not yeah, bad. For, yeah, it's not bad. Especially it's not bad at all. The huh. type of team that he's on. Like, yeah. Let's see. Let's pull up this depth chart right here real quick. So, yeah, I mean, they have, uh, Montreal has, you know, Victor Met, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Brett Kulak, Folin. Mikey Riley, just, I mean, how many of those do you even... Do you know any of those guys? No, nope, I, I was about to say, how many of those guys do you, like, um, have you heard of? <laughs> to yeah. put it bluntly. I mean, so is playing by himself. He's not even top 20. And they were definitely competing for a playoff spot last year. I think they missed it by a couple points. They it was they were the one. They came down to the last, like, couple days of the season. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I would I'd, I'd put him up there, especially reading those stats that he had. Uh, from last year, so you know maybe maybe he'll put, put a little chip on his shoulder, but he is getting odious. I would say slowing down, but like again, we say, um, reading those stats off. Yeah, doesn't so we'll see how Montreal does next year though. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, oh, uh, I'm sitting here reading or I'm watching college football live right now because this uh -huh. is hockey talk. But they're talking about Jalen Hurts being seven to one favorite to win the Heisman. I think I might pick them in our our um, the legal in that top five bracket. Potentially, Oklahoma. yeah, maybe, maybe. I think they'll smoke through the Big Twelve. That's why I had Iowa State in that twenty-one to twenty-five um, thing when I texted you earlier about it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, I've been I've been mulling over those picks for uh, like pretty much the past like two days. Uh, for those who are listening and don't know yeah, what about we're talking about, <laughs> uh, we're in this. Me and Billman are in this event. It's called the Legal. Ten. It's basically a fantasy decathlon where you it's play year-long fantasy, fantasy league yeah you play 10 fantasy events throughout the entire season it starts with the uh, ncaa football event and you pick one team 
from the one through five ranks at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and then one through six through 10, one through 11 through 15, 16 through 20, 21 through 25, and then three unranked teams. And uh, basically, however they end up at the end of the regular season, that's how well your team will do. So you got to pick each. Yeah, so it's like three times the final ranking. So, you know, if you're first overall or whatever, you you get 75 points because um, it's from, you know, first ranking to 25th. So you get 75 points and then so right. on and so on. And then say if I had West Virginia and they're unranked at the beginning of the season and they finished number one in the country, I'd get a plus 25 points to that too. So I'd finish with 100 points in that. Yep. Which is kind of wild. It's fun. Yep. It's it's definitely yeah it's it keeps you interested in like pretty much every single sport and it keeps you kind of active uh, all year round. Each so. event has its separate payout and then there's a final thing. So we go yeah we start with college football rankings and then we do what NFL survivor pool. Yeah. Um, um, bowl and uh, bowl NBA season, bowl NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, couple golfing majors where you get to pick some guys and then at the very end it's like a mess if you i mean if obviously there's what 180 people in it you got to finish what top 25 to get money yeah per each event Um, and for final standings yeah uh single events only top seven win money uh final standings top 20 win money oh there it is you can win your money back so yeah pretty interesting Uh, if we just start randomly talk about it talking about it one episode you'll know why we're either bitching or pretty happy yeah and it pretty much involves every single sport. Like even there's a there's a soccer event, there's a golf event, uh, NCAA basketball. They do, yep, they do yep. the uh, March Madness. So it's it's, yeah, it's like cool. Premier League or whatever. You pick all that shit. Yep. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I guess we got anything to cover. Um, like I said, this is thankfully our last episode of the summer season. You could call it until we get into all of our preseason stuff. Uh, not off the top of my head right now. I mean, I'll look through the uh, headlines here on NHL.com. Yeah, so I do that. So, yeah, like we said, we're going to do the four preseason episodes starting on uh, the first week of September there. We're going to get back to our regularly scheduled Tuesday weekly episodes, not this summer crap we've been doing where it's a Thursday or a Friday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday. So we're going to get to that. Um, and then we're also yeah, going to start cranking up the blog again. Uh, probably start that October 1st. So that'll be our that'll be our shtick. We'll just start October 1st every year. We'll blog throughout the season. And as soon as that last Caps game is done, we are then done because I'm not spending my summer doing that. It's been, it's been a weird summer for sure. I mean, we had – uh, Kyle gone for a while there because he he was uh, he was sick, but we're glad he's getting better. Brando and, took uh, his six vacations. Yeah, Brando's you know still on vacation from like eight months ago, so uh-huh. we'll see where what ends what ends up. And just getting this getting this whole thing started and trying to get it off the ground. Yeah, trying exactly. to connect with I mean, people, trying to get interviews, trying to do that type of stuff. We need a little more clout until we can start pulling in some 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 bigger interviews for you guys. Yep. So uh, we're we're. We're trying, though. We're trying for you guys out there. Yeah, trying to get you the stories of, you know, local coaches. And then also, like, today's story, something awesome where it's – or today's interview where it's something awesome where you have the – like I said, we got Nick, who's the coach of the Washington Blind hockey team, and he takes me through that entire process of how the game works, how it's kind of officiated differently, how it's – the play styles are different, how they position guys by level of blindness. Yeah, that's wild. I mean (laughs) – I, yeah, it's 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 a good interview. Yeah, Every so game. let's let's kick it over to that, and then AB, you got anything to send us out on? We'll be seeing you on Saturday, like we said, last Bay House weekend of the summer. Nah, man. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say let's just let's just party it up on uh, Saturday, play play some cornhole, get on get out on the water. Mm-hmm. Hit the jetty and do that kind of freaky thing. But all right, guys, enjoy the interview. It's an awesome one, and we'll see you in September. Bye.
All right, guys, so we now welcome on an awesome guest. He is the director and head coach of the Washington Blind Hockey Club and now newly appointed assistant coach of Team USA Blind Hockey, uh, Nick Albacoco. Nick, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing, boys? Good, not too bad. So we'll start there with Team USA. Uh, three players from the Washington program got selected. You had Charlie Mitchell, uh, goalie Doug Goist, and uh Kevin Brown, who it looks like name was the assistant captain. So kind of let's first start, um, let's talk about each of those guys and uh, kind of what makes them special hockey players and, you know, the hard work that went into them making the Team USA. Sure. So we started Team USA last year. This is our second season. And uh, we held our training camp back in July. It's a five-day training camp hosted by Utica College up in Utica, New York, uh, in conjunction with USA Hockey. And we had three great players selected. Uh, Kevin Brown from Fairfax, Virginia. He is just an all-around great athlete. He picked up hockey later in life. Uh, he is a lifelong triathlete and uh, just an amazing athlete and has really picked up the sport. Doug Goyce is going to be our starting goalie for Team USA for the second straight year uh, out of Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, and he uh, is really strong in the net. He's a big guy, about 6'4", really fills up a lot of space, and uh, is pretty mobile for his size. And then we have Charlie Mitchell, who's a newcomer. He joined our program about six months ago. He grew up uh, playing hockey his entire life in the Pittsburgh area, and he's a lawyer here in D.C. He found out about our program. He is probably one of the best skaters I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he's a real speedster. Picked up the sport very quickly. I brought him up to training camp, and uh, he made the final cut. So we're going to uh, kick off our season Veterans Day weekend up in Ottawa against Team Canada. Awesome. Very cool. Now, you mentioned that you said we uh, when we started um, when we started Team USA. So did you ha play a big process or uh, big part in, you know, getting Team USA to start a blind hockey program? Is that kind of how you got into the, you know, assistant coaching role there? So I was invited to uh, participate on the initial staff last year. So I was part of the original tryouts, uh, part of the original staff. So this will be my second year as an assistant coach. Uh, it's really led by our head coach, Mike Savak, out of Chicago, who runs the Chicago uh, Blackhawks Blind Hockey Club. Very cool. Now, you mentioned you guys are going to be going up to Ottawa here in a couple months. Uh, what all does that Team USA team do throughout the year? I mean, participate in various, I guess, tournaments or kind of what does the schedule look like for uh, the Team USA blind hockey team? So right now we are primarily competing against Team Canada. We're the only two established national teams in blind hockey. Uh, so right now we'll be up in Ottawa uh, Veterans Day weekend, and then we'll invite uh, Team Canada down for a home and home to meet us in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're finalizing the schedule probably around March uh, or April. And then USA Hockey is really working hard to put together the first World Cup of blind hockey, which should include about five teams. Uh, the next one up is the UK and then uh, Sweden, maybe uh, Finland and Russia. And we are planning to be all meet in Vegas uh, sometime in July, or I'm sorry, May next year, and uh, host the first ever World Cup of Hockey. Oh wow, not the uh, not the worst place to uh, host the first <laughs> World Cup of Hockey. So we'll kind of get back to the roots here. I'll ask you kind of what blind hockey exactly is for those who may not you know really understand. So we've done some reading and looking into it. There's obviously you know different rule set, officiating system. Uh, it looks like the size of the puck is different. Some some sounds to it, as well as 
position you guys position players I think uh, on level of blind blindness correct me if I'm wrong so kind of you know take us through that entire uh, game of hockey from the blind side and give our listeners kind of a good idea of what all goes into it Sure. So if you just look at blind hockey as a spectator, you really wouldn't notice too much difference. I mean, everybody's standing, everyone's skating. Uh, the difference is all the players are at least legally blind, which ranges from 10% vision uh, at the top to completely blind. So we do position the players usually with the most vision, about the 10% level at forward, uh, somewhere between the 10 and 0 are 10 and 2% down at defense. And uh, to play goal, you have to be completely blind, which is no light. Um, we try and keep the rule changes pretty minimal. Um, the puck is twice the size, but it's made of hollowed steel with eight ball bearings in it. And the nets are custom cut at three foot high uh, versus a traditional four foot uh, to keep the puck on the ice to create more uh, audible sound. The only difference uh, the officials take in the game is once you're in the offensive zone, you have to complete one pass, uh, whether by, you know, your skater stick to let the goalie know that the puck's in the zone. Yeah, I'm assuming it gives it kind of that clank sound um, when you're in that offensive zone and having to make that pass on the puck. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, additionally, with the pass, there's an electronic whistle that blows. It's our pass whistle, and it makes it – referee will blow the whistle or uh, hit the button to indicate a pass has been made. So then the uh, offensive team can shoot. Gotcha. So getting into now the Washington blind hockey team, uh, where you're the coach and director of, were you there from the start and kind of creation of that team? Uh, and if not, uh, you know, how so did you get into it? Yeah, I was there from the very beginning. Uh, it actually started with our local founder, Craig Fitzpatrick, who's an Air Force vet. Uh, I was a Navy. We were, he was an Air Force officer. I was a Navy officer. We met through mutual friends. Uh, we started talking about hockey, and one night he asked me if he would, if I would help him start a blind hockey team. I'd never heard of it. Uh, this was about January of 2016. Uh, in February, we had our first event. It was a huge event with the Capitals uh, down at uh, MedStar Capitals Iceplex. And that was our big kickoff. Uh, so from there, from February 2016 to now, we've really uh, formed a core of 17 rostered players and about 10 volunteers who practice every Sunday. And that's where we're at now. And as a team, we will travel uh, outside of Team USA. Okay, so also with that program, too, it looks like you guys are it, it's completely free to players. I mean, you guys provide them with the ice slots, uh, the equipment, et cetera. Kind of how do you guys sustain that and, uh, you know, gather the funds? I mean, is there, is it reliable on donations or kind of like a nonprofit organization or how does kind of all that uh, sustain itself? Sure. So we, uh, there's no fee to our players uh, for anything we do locally. We work completely off grants and donations. We are a 501c3 uh, charity. Uh, we're fully nonprofit. Are, we're fully volunteer. Uh, we work off primarily USA Hockey Grant and local donations. We have a generous grant from Arlington County to support most of our ice time, um, which is a big boost to us. Uh, we're partnered with Leveling the Playing Field out of Springfield, Maryland, who uh, supplies us with gently used equipment. So that uh, keeps most of our players uh, up to date with the best equipment. The only fees they have to pay is travel to tournaments. Right. So a lot of the donations we use are for the rest of the ice time and team travel because our players don't have driver's licenses um, and have difficulty getting around. 
So most of our uh, funds go for their uh, travel to tournaments and games and uh, to support getting back and forth to practice. Gotcha. Now you like you mentioned uh, local donations. Is there a way, is that through your website or I guess how could somebody, if they listen to this and wanted to donate, uh, go through and do such thing? So the best way, uh, if you go just Google DC Blind Hockey, we have our website. It's www.dcblindhockey.org or through our Facebook page is the best way to make donations. Uh, We're easy to contact. We like we also like to set up events with uh, local area charities. We just got a generous donation from. Uh, a local company that's going to supply us with a new uniforms for the season. Um, so I'm setting up a family skate so they can come out. That's uh, Metro Star Systems uh, out of Virginia. Has been very generous this year. They look like awesome uniforms from what we've seen too. Yeah, I'm working. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some teasers yeah. on I think Instagram or Twitter, and they look pretty good. Yeah, they should be uh, pretty nice. So, yeah, everything we do is through donations. Uh, none of our staff is paid. Uh, we're completely volunteer. Very cool. So you mentioned some tournaments, and I know if somebody goes to your Facebook page, they can see that you guys have those Sunday morning practices every Sunday. So kind of take us, is there really a set season for you guys? Because I know, I mean, you're, you're playing now, you're going throughout the summer, or is it just kind of a year-long thing? And, I mean, kind of how many tournaments do you guys go to? Where do you travel to? Um, just kind of take us through, like, a bit of a schedule for the uh, the Washington Bond hockey team in terms of all that yeah, sure. So uh, our local team, the Washington Blind Hockey Team, we run practices uh, 52 weeks a year. So we practice all year round, which is not common for most teams. But we like to keep everybody on the ice all year so you don't lose uh, any of the skills you learn during the regular season. Our regular season kicks off next week in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota Wild are hosting the uh, Blind Hockey Festival. So we will all be traveling up to Minnesota next week for a three-day tournament. Uh, and then uh, in October, we're going to set up a round-robin tournament with all the East Coast teams. We have about five teams on the East Coast from Pittsburgh all the way up to Maine. So we're going to meet in Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania on October 5th. Uh, and then what I am, my pet project is to create a USA Hockey Youth Development Camp, which I hope to announce next week for Martin Luther King Day weekend sometime in the D.C. area. And that'll be for kids uh, 7 to 15. So I'm working with USA Hockey leadership on getting that set up. I'm just waiting on commitments from the local rinks. Yeah, that actually um, very cool. Get the younger kids that, you know, are going through the blindness and, you know, different levels of it to who may not think they can play sports or do anything like that and get them on the ice and get them started. Exactly. The youth is the future of the sport. Um, the sport went from three players in 2015 to about 150 today. Uh, so in three years, it's just increasing every every time we get back on the ice. Uh, and then March will be uh, at the USA uh, Hockey Disabled Festival. Uh, we're one of the disabled disciplines in the USA Hockey. And then we go up, we go up to Canada for the uh, Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament, which will be sometime this spring. So we have about five tournaments and a few local events scheduled this season. Wow, very cool. So, you like you said, you've been mentioning all these tournaments coming up with both um, the Washington Blind Hockey Club as well as Team USA. Where can everyone follow you guys? I mean, through your social media networks, kind of keep up with, uh, you know, your team, both teams. Yeah, social media is the best place to find us. Uh, I, have, I have great support from our of our charity director. Uh, Tina Butera, and she keeps everyone updated on social media through our Facebook page. 
Um, we are at MedStar Capitals Iceplex every Sunday morning. If anybody wants to join us, please just reach out. We're what we open up uh, our doors to anybody who wants to come and help out. Very cool. Well, Nick, we don't want to take too much of your time. We greatly appreciate you hopping on and kind of giving everybody an idea of what Washington Blind Hockey is and just the sport in general and how it's growing. And uh, we definitely look forward to some of the events you got coming up. We'll would love to get out to some of those, you know, get some cool video and just talk to some, talk to you, talk to some of the players and uh, try to help grow it as much as we can. But Nick, like I said, we thank you very much for coming on and uh, we look forward to following uh, the tournaments for both uh, Team USA and Washington team. All right, boys. Really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a good one. See you later.